We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. KJ Podcast, what up my people? Fresh off this Monday Night Football loss, 33-30 to to the Green Bay Packers. Heartbreaking, crushing. I was on the edge of my seat. I have minimal notes. We are literally just hopping in here. I normally record the podcast a couple hours after the game, let my thoughts soak in. This is fresh off a loss. The 49ers now 1-5 on the season. Came in and absolutely surprised everyone. Had the lead at halftime. Had the lead for really... The entire football game. Kyle Shanahan was in control for nearly the entire game. C.J. Bathard looked good. The defense looked like their normal Swiss cheese, but they buckled it down. At the end, they couldn't stop Aaron Rodgers. Such an unfortunate turn of events. Unbelievable. KJ Podcast, BlueWirePods.com. Launching a show this week. Talking to a former NFL player. Talking to a former NFL scout. We're getting some cool people involved. Talking to a really good girl who covers baseball. Hit me up. Hit me up on Twitter. Kevin at BlueWirePods.com. We're hiring. We want people a part of this team. Appreciate you listening. Yeah, I'm um, I'm unbelievably frustrated. I'm also proud of the San Francisco 49ers for what they did on Monday Night Football. They waltzed into Green Bay. Most people had picked out a show to watch on Netflix. They weren't going to watch the whole Monday Night Football game. East Coasters are going to watch the first quarter, see what happened, monitor their fantasy teams. This turned into a shootout. This is what the game should have been like with Jimmy Garoppolo playing. Flawless first half on offense. Kyle was gashing them up on offense. Offensive line was blocking well. Marquise Goodwin, 67-yard touchdown. The opening drive was just so impressive. It was like 12 yards, 15 yards, 21 yards, just like moving it down the field. 49ers were averaging like 13 yards per play, like well into the second quarter. Kyle was feeling it. 
He knows Mike Patton from Cleveland. He used Raheem Mostert instead of Alfred Morris as more of a matchup thing. I don't think Morris is off the team or anything now, but Mostert can gash the edge. Mike Patton, that scheme has trouble defending the edge. You saw the 49ers really control things. Their defense got beat. A couple fumbles there. DJ Reed, Kyle Juszczyk slowed things down, but 49ers overcame that. Really was a field goal fest in the third quarter there. They had a couple drops from George Kittle and Kendrick Bourne, key third downs. They were moving the football still. If you're looking for a good thing before we really get into the breakdown and the bad thing that happened, this is what the 49ers should have looked like all season. For most of the game, their offense and defense played well together. Green Bay was not good on third downs. Aaron Rodgers couldn't find open receivers. Ronald Blair was getting pressure. Everything was married well together. There was a couple breaks and busts, of course, but for literally like 52 minutes of the game, the 49ers played damn well. Solomon Thomas made a play in the backfield. DeForest Buckner had two sacks. You know, they're not getting the turnovers, but anyways, yeah, they had a couple stall outs offensively in the fourth quarter, a couple big three and outs. Had the goal line stand on defense, really. It was 30-23. to 23. It looked like Green Bay was going to tie it up the first time there. Another three and out after that. Aaron Rodgers ends up finding De- Devontae Adams. It's 30-30. to 30. Green Bay kicks the ball off. Richie James makes a great move, gets tackled out of bounds. 49ers are basically at midfield. 149 left on the clock. This is it. Milk the clock. Make sure Aaron Rodgers doesn't get back onto the football field. And go and win you a Monday night football game. Prove to the league that, hey, we may be backups. We may be a punchline to some of you. But we walked in here and really put the Packers season in a tailspin. They got the Rams and Patriots coming up. The 49ers could have played spoiler here and really messed up Green Bay season. Instead, really the wheels fell off. It, it didn't look that bad. But pulling up the play sheet here. Bethard to Kittle for seven yards. Crossing midfield, second and three, Bethard incomplete to Pierre Garçon. Third and three, this is it. There's a minute 13 left. Shotgun, CJ Bethard. You're thinking some kind of screen, something that'll keep the clock moving. You don't want Rodgers back on the field. Green Bay has no timeouts left. Mike Pettin calls an all-out blitz, cover zero. CJ Bethard dials up a deep pass to Marquise Goodwin, and it's interception. Kevin King Green Bay down at the 10-yard line. The 49ers should have had control of that game, played calmly, and gotten a field goal from Robbie Gould with 30 seconds left. The Patriots did it last night against the Chiefs. Kyle Shanahan still learning clock management, still learning when to be aggressive. I defend him. He was the number one reason this football team was in this game. 49ers could have come out and lost by 30. He had them dialed up motivated, playing fast, plays that they knew well, overcame a couple turnovers. It was really one of his best play-calling games, except for this moment here. And apparently in the postgame, he said it was C.J. Beathard made the wrong read. He should have thrown it somewhere else. Um, Basically worked out like a punt, though. If that was an incomplete pass somewhere else, 49ers would have punted down to the 10-yard line. So it wasn't the interception, per se. It was... Dude, you got to keep the clock running there. You're calling the game, and, and it sometimes is Kyle Shanahan aware of the game. That's one minor flaw that has popped up, that came under the microscope his second season here at Green Bay. This is a big moment for him. You're defending him? I got to call you a fanboy, and I am a Kyle Shanahan believer. 
this play call here, to even have that and not coach CJ up and say, hey, we need anything to be complete here. They're going to bring a blitz. Listen, it's hard to communicate and it, it takes a lot of time here, but that was the one really big play that changed everything. Aaron Rodgers got the ball back. 10 plays, 81 yards down the field, a minute seven. He's a Hall of Famer. You gave a Hall of Famer a chance with a minute left against a not-so-good defense. A couple suspect penalties, Richard Sherman. You had Rodgers scrambling there on a third and long. The defense played damn well, and that's the frustrating part here. I was about to walk away from that performance saying, wow, you know they really dialed up some blitzes with Colbert. He was flying around. Foster made a tackle in space on Aaron Rodgers there next to the goal line on one of those goal line stands. I mean, they were getting pressure. Rodgers wasn't throwing it all over him. He was uncomfortable a lot on third downs. This defense did not play bad at all until the last drive. The offense didn't play bad until the last drive. We normally don't get into every game detail in the KJ podcast. We normally talk about the roster and themes, but those plays right there, that sequence, it makes your stomach turn. I was on the edge of my seat anticipating a joyous podcast. And and I get it. You got your people who are totally cool with the loss, the elegant tank here, the play good but lose. You're one of five. What the win is an empty calorie. I'm taking a win against Green Bay on the road, week six, Monday night football, putting them in a really bad spot, showing, hey, don't count us out. Don't put some spread at ten points here. We're gonna walk in and compete every freaking week. Kyle had his guys ready to play. They didn't finish the game. They made a step in the right direction. The offense and defense played well together for the first time all season until the last two minutes. And then things went haywire. Really, the fourth quarter was a lot of three and outs. I don't think they got conservative, but I did say go for the kill shot. It feels like Kyle's kind of herky-jerky, like, okay, let's run it here early in the third quarter, then let's go deep on one of the most important plays of the game. There's got to be some kind of fine line. And I don't want to call him out for, you know, four or five wrong plays when he called, like, 30 amazing ones. But he was in control of this game, and he lost a little bit of control of it and gave control to Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers put the 49ers to sleep. Good night. Game over. Flight home's going to suck now. Really played damn well. I think they're going to watch film and be really proud of how they play. That was the best game they put on tape all season. But god damn it. This is frustrating. One in five. Greg Mabin kind of got picked apart there. Jimmy Ward apparently had an injury. That's why he wasn't on the field. He didn't play terribly. He had his best game of the year. Richard Sherman finally got targeted a couple times late. He actually went in the slot and defended Devontae Adams. Um... Yeah, Robert Sala, people are calling for him to be fired on Twitter. Still think it's too early. The defense, in a lot of games, has had a couple strong quarters. They can't put a full game together. Neither can the offense, but I don't think the defense is horrible. Look at the Bears' defense yesterday. Look at every defense of the league. Everyone's getting gashed. Jacksonville gave up 40 to Dak Prescott. This is how the league is set up. You told me that you were going to limit Aaron Rodgers to 33 points. Obviously, you don't take that because he got the game-winning touchdown, but, I mean, the Packers scored six points in the second and third quarter. There were times in this game where it looked like they were the 49ers. They were the team coming in struggling. Yeah, man, this stinks. You got the Rams next week who are undefeated. You got the Cardinals after that. Then the Oakland Raiders. 
the season's almost halfway over. This was, I don't want to call it a turning point. Some of you are too optimistic, but this was a chance for the team to go 5-11, and 6-10. and 10. If you were that person that wanted the 49ers to do that, they beat the Packers, they might have done that. One of the things the Niners are definitely happy about coming out of this game, C.J. Beathard, besides that interception, poor decision, poor on Kyle to even have that in the cards on third and three, but 16-23, 245 yards, two touchdowns, QB rating of 115, in control, quick decisions. He looks like trade bait. C.J. Beathard, at the end of the season, there could be teams like the Jaguars, the Giants, couple teams who don't know their quarterback situation who might have a rookie coming in who are looking for another piece. Could the 49ers get a second and a fifth-round pick for C.J. Beathard? Not out of the question. He plays like he did tonight for majority of the season. 49ers might have a trade asset. Then Kyle can rinse and repeat, pick another quarterback in the fourth round to become the next C.J. Beathard to, to groom and get extra assets off. That was the original plan with Kirk Cousins. Actually, I mean, they knew RG3 was going to potentially explode on them so they had to have Kirk but that was the plan when they were playing him they were trying to trade him too they like having that Kyle loves having that little trade piece at QB and he made his QB look good tonight that 67 yard touchdown to Goodwin Garcon four of 37 I mean it was it was all Goodwin four for 126 that big play George Kittle only had four for 30 use check a little bit involved this was a ground and pound attack the shocking thing was Raheem Mostert leading the way, 12 carries, 87 yards. Matt Breida playing banged up, 14 carries, 61 yards, one touchdown. That's still 4.4 yards a carry. This dude is good, and there are multiple people tweeting me, does this team need Jarek McKinnon? I think they might want to see him in the fold, but Matt Breida on an undrafted contract, looking like the real deal, playing through pain, the team needed him out there tonight. It couldn't have just been Alfred Morris. That was not the right matchup for Green Bay's defense. Kyle went off tackle a lot. Yeah, the running game, 30 carries, 174 yards, 5.8 yards per carry. I tweeted earlier in the day, how are you going to beat Green Bay? You're going to run the ball, control the clock. 49ers only had two penalties on the day. I mean, again, I said it. This is their best game on film. Adrian Colbert was places besides that blitz storm in the first quarter from Aaron Rodgers got out of control there for like the first 10 minutes of the first quarter after that the defense buckled down really until the final whistle the final drive disappointing but not like so discouraging I know some 49ers fans would rather lose 40 to nothing they'd rather not be interested and invested at all the 49ers are teasing you they pretend like they're a good team They shoot themselves in the foot. This was their best game. This was going to be a great moment from the season. Remember when they beat Aaron Rodgers? Kyle had his little coming out party with C.J. Beathard. It's ruined. It's ruined. It's it's 33-30. It's a bad feeling. It's 1-5. The people who care about the draft are happy. You got a fan base who's really torn here right now on, on what's going on. It sucks to not want to win every week. That's the whole point of this. I'm pissed. I wanted to talk about a win. I think a win would have helped the 49ers a lot more than a loss. Aaron Rodgers threw 46 times. He got the job done, but the 49ers, they could have been shredded worse. Pat Mahomes got them worse than Aaron Rodgers did. They made some adjustments. They started playing more man. The Seattle scheme, the zone heavy, 
you could tell they were playing more man later in the game. They had to ditch the script. So no, I'm not totally pissed at Robert Sala. I'm more mad at Kyle after this game in the moment just because of how he handled the end of it. What you saw for most of the game, though, is what this team would have looked like with Jimmy Garoppolo clicking. This is what the offense looks like. Play action works. You know, I they're, they're more pass-heavy with Jimmy G. They came into this trying to limit mistakes from C.J. Beathard. Kyle won this, the chess match against Mike Pettin. He just didn't close it out. He had a checkmate to get, and he just he missed it. Wildly entertaining game, though. Like, can't really ask for much more than this. As disappointed as I am that they lost, super entertaining game. Did not expect that. Little bit of an indictment on the Packers. I don't think they're a Super Bowl contender. I think they're going to be one and done if they make the playoffs. There's just better teams than them all around the NFC. Saints, Rams. Are we ready to write off the Eagles? I'm not. What's going on in their own division? Vikings, Bears, they could beat in the playoffs. But yeah, Packers aren't that special. 49ers rose to the occasion. Monday Night Football, Kyle had this team ready to play. The execution, besides a couple dumb fumbles, couple passes bad at the line. I remember a Kittle drop in the third quarter on a third down. That was huge. I remember a Bourne drop was kind of a bad throw from C.J. Beathard. Offense was mostly in sync. Miscues were low. Said it for like the 20th time. The film is going to look good this game. This is what the team wants to look like. This is what that building is going to aspire to play like the rest of the season. Get better at closing. Get better. But they do have some confidence going into the Rams game, I would think now. The confidence is not shot in the building. Losing to the Cardinals... I'm sure this was a long week. The extra day prepared. They wanted to play. They wanted to get out there. They weren't flat. They came out hot. There's a lot to like. I mean, Green Bay had 521 total yards, though. When they needed to make a big play, they did. They putted around. They got bored. And then Aaron Rodgers is like, what am I doing? Let's throw the football down the field. No turnovers, too. I mean, that's huge at a certain point. Getting the sacks was very, very important. Like You could tell the defense was playing better. It was Sheldon Day, Ronald Blair. Solly Thomas even had some pressure off the edge, a couple of forced throws. Early on, he made a bad play that led to the 60-yarder, but like no one played terribly, really. DJ Reed's fumble, other than that, yeah, you, you just got to give Robbie Gould the chance to win the game. 49ers should have won 33-30. It shouldn't have been the other way around. It should have went to overtime. Could have been a tie. Probably not. 49ers defense was about to burst. It's okay. I thought I'd be more angry during this podcast. Like, come on. But really, they played a damn good game on offense and defense. I hope that happens more often. Our friends at Better Rivals, SB Nation, their podcast, they call it the elegant tank. Elegant tanking, looking good, competing, and then ultimately losing. The 49ers are not trying to lose. That's the problem. Certain fans are happy with this result. I am not to that point yet. Let's get a little later in the season. The top five draft pick is going to be fine. 
I, I want to talk about a win. It's been since the Detroit Lions. It's a four-game losing streak. This team is 1-5. and five. I want to bring up my other major point I tweeted on Monday. They're 1-5. It's easy to make fun of this team. Look at the record the last few years. Look at the record with Kyle Shanahan, especially without Jimmy G. This isn't a clown show. You saw it on Monday Night Football. This team went out there. They executed. They competed. The Packers have a little bit better roster, but not everywhere. The 49ers found areas where they could win. They overcame a pretty shitty defensive performance to like not lay down. They rebounded. And Kyle was in control. This isn't the Oakland Raiders. John Gruden has no idea what he's doing. He didn't call any passes down the field yesterday. The New York Giants have no idea what they're doing. The Bills have Nathan Peterman in, even though it's an injury. Shouldn't even be eligible to play in a game because he's going to lose you the fucking game. You have some clown show operations going on in the NFL who have a similar record to the 49ers. And my argument is the 49ers are not a clown show. They're more in the below average, above average tier. Like they're closer to what the Redskins are. They're closer. Like they're, I think they're better than the Buccaneers. They're as good as the Falcons with Jimmy G. They're a fringe playoff team when they're playing well. The 49ers, you don't know what you're going to get every week. That's the problem. This is the first time they put together a ton of football that looked good. It's hard for me to be pissed off. The end result makes me really mad, but like 30% of you in my poll said no feelings. Don't care. Moved on to 2019. Anything you get out of this season is a token. Some people have that attitude. Some people are saying this is the most frustrating thing ever. We should be winning these games against the Chargers. You had the lead against one of the better teams in the league. Look at what the Chargers are doing. They've only lost to the Rams and Chiefs. They've beaten everyone else. 49ers had them on the ropes. 49ers shot themselves in the foot against the Cardinals. Again, they keep repeating the same mistakes, but they're making enough good plays to normally win. It's just the bad ones have negated it. That's the frustrating theme. Whether it's been coaching, whether it's been some scheme adjustments not been made on defense, fumbles, not getting turnovers. It's frustrating. Then a lot of you, like 25%, said this was good enough. This was a little token that the 49ers gave on Monday Night Football. It's a loss, but it's a solid memory from the season, a memory of Kyle Shanahan being able to scheme up Mike Pettin, scheme up the Packers' defense, come in there with lesser personnel and try and, and get an upset. KJ Podcast, I jot down some couple notes. Let's just go through some plays here before we close out. Um, yeah, I mean, Ruben Foster got beat by Devontae Adams. That was a bad matchup there. Buckner had that sack that was wiped out by a Richard Sherman penalty. There was just a couple bad miscues. Um, you can argue that this was Kyle's best loss ever. You hate that argument, but this is the best they ever looked in a loss. <laughs> I can't believe we're bringing that up. It sucks. I want to talk about wins so badly, guys, but everyone's hanging in there. I think everyone loves this football team and sees that the future is not dim. It's maybe not fluorescent bright. And as I tweeted Sunday, God damn it, I wish Jamal Adams was on this football team. My 49ers would have Jamal Adams and Harold Landry right now. They'd look a little bit different. They'd be a little bit more fine-tuned. There'd be more plays being made. They're missing a couple playmakers. 
what are they going to do at corner? They're they're entering their 20th offseason in a row with a hole at corner. They have not been able to figure out that position. The best thing that happened defensively tonight, besides the pressure on the quarterback, was Adrian Colbert. He stepped up. He was visible. I swear, he plays good close to the ball. Him and, you know, Tart got beat a little bit. He also made a nice blitz on that fourth down goal line stand. Kwan Williams made a playing coverage. Literally everyone made at least one good play. A lot of gold stars going to be given out at this little 49ers classroom. Robbie Gold made all of his kicks. It just wasn't enough. It sucks. That's what this season's going to be. They're 1-5 now. If I had to predict, I would say this team goes 4-12. I think they can win three more games on the schedule, not the Rams. I think they're going to beat the Raiders, though. Good God, is that game going to be ugly. Yeah, so the big points, this was a glimpse into 2019. With Jimmy G back, the offense can look this good. The running game can look this good. There's certain defensive fronts that Kyle's going to be able to scheme. There's soft spots. He found it on the edge tonight against the Packers. C.J. Beathard trade bait. He plays like this. 49ers might be able to get some assets. Other big point. Yeah, Adrian Colbert looked good. Kyle's got to get better knowing when to be aggressive late in the game. Even if C.J. Beathard made the wrong read on that deep throw. Why is there a deep throw route? Why are you letting him make a decision like that? Simplify it. So I'm blaming Kyle there more than C.J. Beathard. Even if C.J. says, that's on me, that's on me. Kyle's got to eliminate that option for his second-year quarterback. That that shouldn't be on the table against the Blitz. There's got to be some audible out. I want to say the 49ers had timeouts at that time. Third and three, 115 left. You really need this play. You have to call a timeout. I mean... Yeah, it's going to put you in a bad situation to try and spike it, but you're getting close to field goal range there. Do you realize you need just 15 more yards? Kyle has got to be more aware. I think a lot of people are more angry than I am at Kyle right now. He botched the end of the game. There's no other way to say it. The other thing I want to address is the Kaepernick photo gallery saga with the 49ers. I mean, it was on CBS News. It was everywhere. It was a huge mistake on their part not to include him in the photo gallery trying to erase history and censor stuff. They've done that in the past with Reuben Foster's arrest. They haven't posted anything, not even a press release. Here's the thing. When I worked for the Browns, two vice presidents had to oversee everything I posted. Sometimes even the team president, Alex Shiner, was CC'd on a big email, any web content posted. Did this slip through the cracks? And maybe it was just you know someone making a decision on their own, like, hey, Kaepernick, like, who knows? But normally... This is an agenda thing that the teams put out, that the high-up vice presidents are doing the messaging. I'm just lending my expertise that with the Browns, I could not post an article without sending it to two vice presidents first, the PR team, everyone CC'd, everyone looked at everything that went up on the website. I just find it hard to believe that this was you know, an oversight, as they called it. Maybe, though, there's so much content being put out there. It's just a terrible bad look for them. But, hey, everyone's talking about the game now. 49ers lose, but it was a damn-ass good game. KJ Podcast, those are the big observations. Those are the immediate reactions. BlueWirePods.com, light years. They just had on the SI writers, Ben Golliver and Andrew Sharp with Andy and Sam from light years. 
Really good Warriors preview. They're talking KD storylines, who could end up on the Lakers next year. I love the way that those guys talk NBA, big picture storylines. Yeah, we had Fallon Smith and James Jones had Andre Ward on talking about the UFC fight, his career. I like the content we're putting out there. We need people to share these. It's a grassroots thing. You're still listening to my pod at this point. Share these other pods. Listen to it. Subscribe on our website. 49ers lose. Emotions all over the place. Hope you enjoyed this. Talk to you again later in the week. Peace. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.